founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, Bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. As always, I'm your host, Greg Bolden, here on the America Out Loud Network, as well as on my Patreon page, patreon.com backslash America Emboldened, and all social networks. Just type in America Emboldened. We are literally everywhere, and we're glad that you're with us, Bold Americans. There's a topic that's weighing heavily on me for the past several months. I've discussed this probably going back almost a year uh, from when this story first broke, but now it's at a fever pitch. Why is it at a fever pitch? Because news has broken out now. The Elon Musk has finally done it. His dream of passing from the chimpanzee and apes, he finally got a human to implant his Neuralink brain chip into their bodies. Folks, this is bad news. Extremely bad news. Elon Musk will not be happy with just restoring people's ability to walk or restoring the ability to see or MS type symptoms. Elon Musk wants to hack the body in a transhumanist manner. Not only does he want to hack the body, he wants to unlock the brain's secrets. He's made these comments previously in interviews that he doesn't feel comfortable with just version 1.0, version 2.0. He sees this as a long journey. Just last week, I brought up with Ben Davidson, the suspicious observer, a conversation about Neuralink and how it's tied to brain waves, alpha, beta, delta, theta. If you're not realizing that your brain waves control all of your functions. And as of January 31st, 2024, scientists do not fully understand how the brain functions. And that Elon Musk hooking this Neuralink chip up to a human subject can finally unlock the secrets of the brain. If you're not realizing that that means wireless control of the human body will become possible, I don't know what to tell my audience. This is the beginning of a dawning of a new age in what it means to be human. I talk on the show all the time about our energy. I have people that come on, like we had uh, Master Astrologer Chris Largent. Uh, a few weeks ago, I had Gene Atman on, talking about the need to clear our energy. Laurie Elizabeth is a regular on my show where we discuss the human body the energy that we bring, how that relates to the world. And we talk about what it means to be human. I contacted Laurie because I am very concerned about what does it mean in Elon Musk world to go into a transhuman agenda, merging the body with electronics. What does that mean for humanity? What does that mean if you believe in a soul for your soul? What does that mean for the overall structure of who we are meant to be. Will we eventually merge machine and body and live forever? Who would want that? For those that are celebrating this news with Elon Musk as something that is going to be groundbreaking for those that are paralyzed, 
You're being short-sighted. Elon Musk was the person who told you AI was one of the most evil things. And what did he do? He now owns his own AI, Grok. We're not in a good place, America, and we need to talk about, so I'm bringing on right now, Laurie Elizabeth from Seekers Insights and a regular here on the show. Laurie, good evening and welcome back. Thanks so much, Greg. It's great to be with you. It's great to be with you as well, Laurie. I'm bringing you because I'm hoping you can talk me off my ledge. <laughs> Since uh, I heard yeah. this news, I'm uh, very uh, apprehensive about the positive news spin that the media seems to be putting on this. Where is the skepticism of what the end game and end goal may be? But furthermore, to start at the very beginning, what are we giving up in order to gain by allowing technology into this intimate way of our brainwaves? We're giving up a lot of our freedom. That's what we're doing. Um, <clears throat> this is, I mentioned to you once before, if we thought AI was the wild, wild west, we just got a whole new okay corral here. And in my opinion, okay, so let's take a look. Mm -hmm. How much do we really know about the human brain? <laughs> Scientists just themselves will tell you they know not enough. And as far as they're concerned, there's a whole lot more to discover. And they're trying desperately to map it out, but it's it's a tedious, long-standing process to do this. So, hey, we don't know enough about the brain. Let's put that out there for a second. Next, let's talk about AI. What do we really know about AI? We know that it can be used in many different ways to help humanity. But what if I told you that eventually, down the line, sentience in AI is a given. It can't help but become conscious. And there's a lot of reasons why. And just, just for fun, I'll diverge here just a little bit to say there was a movie called The Bicentennial Man. It was an excellent movie starring Robin Williams. Robin Williams. And he's an example of what a path like that could look like. Now, thankfully, he was a benign sentient being. Um, that's what he evolved into with so, so you've got, going back to the main topic, neural networks will be required to really do for the human body what I think people like Musk envision. Because he's the first of his kind, the experimenters, the people who are trying to put some sort of transhumanism in place here. He's the first one who's actually come out and said, but guys, you're missing the point. And this is true, Elon Musk. You're missing the point. It is not just, hey, we're going to help people get out of wheelchairs and, and communicate, be able to communicate when their capacity is gone. But hey, we can go so much further. And when we merge it with AI, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And, and that's where we are right now. Hmm. I'm going to be quite honest with you, Greg. I, I really see this as a new Atlantean coming in and doing something that he can do. Doesn't mean he should do it. He wants to do it. And that's a problem because how many people on earth can stop an Elon Musk? Hmm. Well, it's been clear that he's got enough money to buy whatever he wants. It's quite true. 
Right. He has worked himself in to not only the military industrial complex, mm -hmm. but the government control complex around the world mm -hmm. uh, with his contracts with SpaceX. He now runs most of NASA when you get down to their uh, $800 billion budget. Majority of that's going to Elon Musk. SpaceX. SpaceX, yeah. correct. Mm -hmm. Twitter at $44 billion. People think that he got fleeced and... Really, what he got was the largest intelligence network on the face of the planet. Yes, he did. He knew every single private message that Donald Trump sent during his presidency, Barack Obama. It's all stored on the servers. And all that's why he's not going to be touched. Nope. He knows where all the bodies are buried. Yep. And now we have a man who seems pretty hell-bent on reshaping the world in his image. That's pretty scary. Yeah, I use those words on purpose. Yeah. And Elon is breathing life into it. I want listeners to pay attention to those words that I just used. Mm -hmm. Elon is creating a world of free speech that he wants. Oh, but but Greg, didn't you hear that he's he's getting people on board now to go through the 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 um what do you call them now not tweets but let's x this the out X's. whatever <laughs> yeah let's x this out yeah so so he's got people he's he's vetting and he's 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 going to put them in place to to review the tweets and and make sure that they're compatible with mm -hmm. public taste i suppose i don't know it's a social it's credit score buggy. elon musk <laughs> purchased a social credit score yeah, he did. That's exactly what they're doing with the algorithm presently. I believe that Jack, the previous owner, started that. Mm -hmm. And now what they're looking at is, what type of post do you have? Are yeah. you a political extremist? Are you a conspiracy theorist? Are you somebody who is working to make this world a better place? Are you somebody who has uh, intentions to do something poor in the future? It's like uh, the Minority Report all over again. And to that extent, we know then that chips can be hacked. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's great. And if you've seen the size of the device, it's huge. Okay, it gets put into the body, it attaches into the brain, the cranium, and then goes underneath the, and the skin to do that, and it comes down through the neck into the, into the body. So it's not like somebody's just embedding a chip under the skin. The, you know, there's there are different models of this because he's not the only person in this field. Hmm. He doesn't want you to know that, but it's true. There are other players involved, but he's the one that's going out, you know, and blasting the wonderful news that he can help all living beings. The issue is anything with electronics can be hacked and anything with programming can be hacked. So what happens if some hacker decides that it's going to be a, a great game mm -hmm. to make people do things that they don't want to do. That's something that's not even being discussed right now. But that first thing crossed my mind was, <laughs> if you can hack my car, Fob, you can hack my car. Um, you can certainly hack a brain chip. Scary, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think that the part that I've been paying attention to is, are you familiar with cell phones and how close they are to the brainwaves? I do my level best not to put one next to my head. Yeah. Even my earbuds that I have in right now, 
from here to here is an air tube. If you go on to the iPhone, you know, I have one right here in your mm -hmm. settings. You can go to the uh, general section and click on about. After you go to about, if you scroll over to the bottom, uh, you will find that there is a section where they give you information about legal and regulatory. In the legal and regulatory section, they talk exactly about what type of exposure from RF signals you're going to be absorbing. And this RF exposure they deem is uh, in real time, not able to possibly harm you from the studies that limited what they've done, but they would suggest that you don't keep this in your pocket. They would suggest that you don't put this next to your head, that you use a hands-free device because mm -hmm. they do believe that at all points in time that the exposure is not only just radiating you, but it is affecting your brain. And for those that think that I'm a conspiracy theorist going down this route, let me show you an article from 2008, May 7th. Now I'm gonna pull this up on the screen for those that are listening on the podcast format. You'll have to go over and check out the Rumble or uh, YouTube page to be able to see this. But here we have from Scientific American, May 7th, 2008. The headline was mind control by cell phone. Electromagnetic signals from cell phones can change your brain waves and behavior, but don't break out the aluminum foil head shield just yet. I was unaware until probably about 2011 about some of these studies. That's when this first came on my radar. But it reminded me of the transcranial magnetic stimulation technique that they've been using to monitor both the conscious and unconscious states using electromagnetic radiation in order to jam up the signals or to excite signals to get reactions. This could make people have crazy thoughts, see colors, move their arms, move their legs, but there was no reason for what they were moving understood by scientists. They just knew that they could stimulate parts of the brain and get another type of response. And then they would study that on EEG measurement to see the alpha, beta, delta, and theta waves, which I'm gonna get into in just a quick moment. This TMS, what they ended up doing was taking a Nokia cell phone. Now, if you remember the old Nokia cell phones, they used to call them the fish phones. They had kind of like a little dial. They didn't have all the extra uh, uh, buttons that we have on our cell phones now. But using a cell phone, they found that they could boost an alpha wave in the brain. And that could subliminally alter their state of consciousness. Not only could cell phone signals alter a person's behavior during a call, the effects of the disrupted wave patterns continued long after the phone was switched off. We've known that alpha brainwaves, which is the brainwaves you and I are currently using to have this conversation, by the way, that's like the 40 hertz signals, all right? That's where we're operating in our conversation, our conscious state. We know that cell phones, this having this just by my person during this show, not only affects my alpha waves while it's sitting next to me, but when I'm using it, it's affecting me as well. And yet we're putting this in every single child's hands. We're putting this in every single citizen's hands all over this entire world. I'm not even that upset about that because we've come to accept it as a part of life. What I'm upset about is Neuralink 
is going to create something that the average person is not having a conversation about. And the fact that the scientific community is not talking about what I'm going to talk about with you tonight tells me that we have a major problem in science that is bought and paid for by individuals that want to see us alter the course of humanity. I think after this show, we're going to see more scientists start speaking out about what we're about to speak about. All right, Laurie, what do you know about the five types of brain waves? I know that learning takes place when you are in a higher brain wave, um, like gamma, right? The gamma waves. They are. That's when you are receptive. That's when you actually learn things. Um, alpha, you're just you're just going out. Everything's yep. coming out of you. Um, delta. Everybody has heard of delta sleep. Well, obviously, that's that's a good place to be when you want to be sleeping. And theta is the deepest possible. Yep. So, so on here, actually, delta would be the deepest possible. Oh, theta, double, excuse me. Yeah, I had them reversed. Yeah, yeah, a couple reversed here. So that's, I'm going to correct it as we go through. But you, you are in tune already with the concepts that I want to make sure people understand as we get into this conversation. So let's, let's clearly define this into the different brain waves. So we're speaking the same language for the conversation okay. today. Gamma waves are 40 hertz to 100 hertz and these are the highest this is where we are in school learning information retaining information the problem with gamma waves is too much of this produces anxiety in our lives it produces stress and so people need to get away from gamma waves in order to be able to cope right if we live our lives in this we eventually become uh high functioning morons <laughs> because we can't deal with all the pressure if we don't stimulate our gamma waves enough, it's been linked to ADHD, to depression and learning disabilities. Optimal wise, it improves our information processing and our REM sleep when we have a good day of learning. And it also increases gamma waves when we are doing meditations. Beta waves. Beta waves are within 12 hertz and 40 hertz. These are high. All right. This is our conscious thought. It's what we're doing right now, talking through our conversation and alphas a little bit as well, kind of getting into what we're doing as well. These brain waves are when we're aroused with something where we drink caffeine, we get the beta waves kind of on the increase. It's part of the adrenaline flight or fight response, and it doesn't enable us to relax. It's the reason why you and I are not going to fall asleep during our conversation because our beta waves have risen us in the gamma waves. So we're learning from one another and conversing. If we weren't producing enough beta waves, you'd have people with poor cognition. They'd be daydreaming all the time, ADHD, they'd be depressed. So if we want to increase that one of the ways, Ritalin, right? Get rid of people's ADHD. Ritalin's moving those beta waves, just like energy drinks, coffee, people addicted to that. Well, then we get into those alpha waves. The alpha waves are between what we're thinking consciously and our subconscious mind, what our brain's telling us in the background when we're surveying an area and we're thinking, oh man, uh, I may not feel safe right here, right? It also can help us promote relaxation as well going, all right, I need to relax into this moment. Um, it's the reason why people use marijuana. It's the reason why people will drink to increase their alpha waves. It sometimes can act as an antidepressant. That's why some people get addicted to alcohol and they're like, you know, it makes me feel better when I'm drunk. Well, it's an antidepressant 
it's going to depress you worse when you're coming down off of it, but it's going to increase those alpha waves and put you into that mood. Get the theta waves, 4 hertz to 8 hertz, everything starts slowing down. At this point in time, we're entering into daydreams and sleeping. All right, this is where we're now going off the bed at nighttime. Um, this can really be in our creative state. Ever wonder why you wake up first thing in the morning and you're having your most creative thoughts as you take a shower? It's because your theta waves are still active and you can tap into those in that moment. It's right before bed. It's the reason why I tell people, put a journal next to your bed, start writing down some notes because you're gonna have some really amazing thoughts during that time. If you're taking depressants, you can increase your theta waves. So some people will even uh, start to hallucinate. And then last is our delta waves, zero hertz to four hertz. This is when our brain is in a deep, deep sleep and we start to restore our brain synapses and we go into a period of repair, right? We're starting to get into things. And so when we wake up, if we got really good delta waves at the end of the night, we wake up just feeling great about ourselves. All right. And so I have a graphic that I've been kind of putting up here the entire time. So you can kind of read along some of the extra parts, but that that's the first part of this conversation. Neuralink is going to have to operate between zero Hertz and about 80 Hertz in order to get the intended results with a human being, because that is how it's going to regain control for the individual. In its early stages, this is magical, right? The fact that we could stimulate somebody to have a positive day, to cure depression, to help them walk, to uh, help relieve MS systems, maybe ALS, restore the ability for people to have. This sounds like an absolute miracle. But ultimately, all of those things are part of the human experience. This is AI. This is a machine that's going to influence those waves in a way that is going to change what it means to be human. So my question with all that information, I want to frame our conversation tonight around and we're, we can go into a lot of different directions, but for bold Americans listening right now, here's where we're going with this. Wireless communications will be next. We're going to think this out 10 years down the line, maybe five years down the line. If they can crack how to do this with wires, the next step is to do this wirelessly, which means thought control, mind control is now 100% within the realm of possibility, which then means you have no free will. Your will will be the will of corporate sponsors and those that control the technology. And let me tell you, if Elon Musk is doing it, you know the military's behind it. You know there's plenty of people that are working on this as well, and it's not gonna be the cure, your MS. Laurie, sir, how do we right now begin to sound the alarm with this show so other people can understand we got some problems? Let's go back to cell phones for a minute. Mm -hmm. What is the biggest development in cell phones that the majority of cell phone users became aware of over the past, I don't know, year, year and a half? The conversion oh, right. to 5G. Ah, mm -hmm. That's the start of this. You are forced into 5G. Oh, we have the technology. We've made improvements. They are bombarding us with every cell tower with electromagnetic energy that is off 
the charts, let alone all of our electronic devices, the thing I'm talking to you on right now, um, cell phones in our hands, they're deadly. I wear, generally, I don't have it on right now, but usually every day, I have on what I call what is called a Q-Link. It's available on Amazon. You can find them anywhere. And it is something you put onto your, your body. You wear it around your neck. It looks like it looks like a pendant, but it you wear the open part of it, which is copper wiring, close to your body, to put off the electromagnetic impulses that are coming in at you. And for example, in my office, I do this particularly because I have a bunch of cords. Yes, but I also in my office have cords coming into the house from the outside. So when I got a wind of that and I took a look at everything, I said, "No, I need some grounding." So. That's where all this comes in. Yes, that's it. And I wear one of those every day. Um, I even wear them at night because everything's got cords. Everything's got, you know, I have a lamp beside my bed, beside the bed, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Everything gives off electromagnetic impulses. So we are forced into using 5G because the cell phones that are on 4G still will become extinct. And you will have to upgrade, which Elon Musk mentions in his um, Washington Post article that was put out today. Um, you know, hey, you know, we have to upgrade this because if you have an iPhone one, you, can't, you which you don't have anymore, but you need to upgrade to iPhone fourteen. So they force you into the cattle shoot of upgrades. And if we don't think that's possible. How many cell towers are nearby your home? How many large electromagnetic wires are near you? Um, for example, where we live here, um, there's a very ritzy part of our state. It's in uh, basically in the Brandywine area. And if you look at all these lovely houses and very expensive because it's such a lovely area, if you look in the backyard, they have these towering giants of electricity lines going through. And they are getting bigger and more laboriously huge, taking all of that through populated areas. There's stray voltage. There's all kinds of things that can go on. But again, we're building our houses right there. Mm -hmm. They used to just put those things where nobody lived. They used to put those things those long tracks of them in farmland and they would pay the farmers to be able to put that things, those things there. So now, no, they're right in our backyards and that's a scary proposition, but here we are. So all of this is supporting what we're doing technologically because all of it's going to put out that electromagnetism that we're talking about. Now, if you progress further, and go into what Musk is doing, what AI is all about. Our cell phones are gonna be full of AI before we know it, using 5G. And you're gonna be able to control that chip in your brain through what goes on here. We're already doing it with hearing aids, folks. Right. You can control hearing aids, as I've seen people do, volume, how you, how you hear, um, all those different things. And I just put this reminder out there that everything can be hacked. 
The only thing that can't be hacked is your body without it. Well, I disagree with that now. Okay, talk to me. So that, that that's my concern, right? So if you read that Washington Post, I have it up on the screen. What, mm -hmm. what you're uh, bringing to my attention, you, you mentioned this article before we, we started the interview. Mm -hmm. The Washington Post writes, while most companies remain focused on therapeutic treatments, Musk has angled for a wider application, yeah. suggesting that the technology could be used to enhance human function more broadly. He's spoken of putting humans on a path of symbiosis with artificial intelligence and suggested he would get the technology installed in his own brain someday. I believe he doesn't need to get it installed in his own brain. What I'm trying to make a case for is 5G towers, mm -hmm. the broadcasting that we already have available to us, mm -hmm. who owns the airwaves? Do you know? Mm -hmm. It's standardized by the militaries around the world. Of course. And so if Elon has already tied himself into the military industrial complex, and I know that I'm connecting some dots here, but I don't think we got to connect too far to, to say that what I'm stating is pretty factual. Mm -hmm. I believe in five years because of this Neuralink human that decided, oh, that sounds like a great idea. We're going to be looking at you and I be sitting here and in the middle of our conversation, pausing and you and I are literally seeing an advertisement with our brains in front of us for Nike or whoever else is sponsoring because it can be pushed into the human experience through our brain waves. Yeah. It's a real possibility. It is. It is. Have you seen the Google frames, the, the glasses that, do all those different things. I think that's preparing us for that. One step closer. Exactly. Apple, they just came out with their uh, their brand new computing uh, software. I'm not sure if you saw this, the Vision Pro. Let me put that up on the screen for you. This is this transhumanism <laughs> at a wacky, wacky $3,400 for this. And they're saying, you know what's great about this? The screen will go from smoke to clear so you can see people's eyes. They then have everything in front of them so as they are looking, see how it comes into life. And as they're looking around their room, all the widgets and gadgets will start coming to life in front of them. Well, once you have this merged augmented reality in front of us, that opens the door for a Neuralink wireless communication where you don't need all these wires. You don't need batteries. Mm -hmm. Roads where we're going, we don't need no stinking roads, right? We're, we're at this moment in, in history that it's bizarre. I didn't think we we're going to get here this quick. Well, again, let's go back. I'm going to draw a corollary for you. I call these people the new Atlanteans. They, mm -hmm. The Neo-Atlantean people are coming back in from their reincarnation paths, and they are setting themselves up, I think, in my opinion. Because, again, I go back to the adage, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. Right. But the toys the technology that all becomes consuming and they can do it better and they can do better for people. And, but emerging, it's emerging science. Transhumanism is a philosophy that has merged with science. So everything about the concept just keeps bringing, it's like a black hole. It keeps bringing everything into it. 
question is, can you get out of it? Nope. Nope. Um, and I see so many parallels to what went on to the destruction because the Atlanteans, they knew what they were doing and they did it anyway and destroyed their culture. And if anybody doesn't believe me, just go back and read Plato. It's been since then. So where did these people go? Well, souls are immortal, so they're going to come back again. And we have that wonderful society where they're free to experiment and to do what they want to do and try it on for size and get investment, backing, sponsorships, you name it. And people like Elon Musk adore that. So there they go. In your words, Greg, it is something to be concerned about. It really is. And, and the only way that we can see this is if we come to a precipice and somebody gets smart, somebody wises up and says, we don't need to do this. Otherwise, people are going to say, well, yes, instead of going for cosmetic surgery, they're going to be going for transplant surgery. They're going to be looking for their chip, their, their enhancement, if you will. And we're not talking Lee Majors and the $6 million man. We're, we're talking literally something being added to your body permanently that's going to depend on technology outside of you. And I can't believe for a second that people want that. Mm. If they really sit down and think about it, you're giving away your most cherished possession. Not just your free will, but your free movement, your free thinking. All of it. That's just not a good scenario for me. I can't help but wonder how the concept of the soul can deal with being merged to technology. Well, and I think maybe that's what why so many people already feel conflicted because they already know that we have merged. They already know that this cell phone device is a blend of uh, that world, uh, but it hasn't been implanted into our being. You can turn it off. Yeah. You can go off grid. Yep. You can get away and nobody can find you unless you want them to. That's the ultimate freedom for a lot of people. But if you have one of these in your hand, you have more computing power in your hand than ever lifted off a rocket ship up until recent times. Mm -hmm. That remember computers used to fill entire buildings and now they exist on your wrist. Or this, that's incredible. And this is the last 50 years, folks. Last 50, 60 years, that's all this is. It, time is moving so much faster, so we're finding more things and we're, we're getting more involved in things. Our technology, our science, our understanding is going by leaps and bounds and there's reasons for it. But we have to use it wisely. And I think this is just gunslingers going for the latest thing that they can possibly make a buck on. Right. Wow. Uh-huh. It's a lot. Okay, so the title of the show today, 
for those that paid attention to it was, is transhumanism destroying the soul? Can the soul be destroyed by something like this? Well, let's, let's define transhumanism for just a second. Okay, okay yeah, yeah. So what's your understanding of transhumanism? You go first, then I'll give you kind of my, my two cents. Okay. Well, it's a, it's a philosophy, and it's where philosophy and science partner mm-hmm. in the creation of technology that goes beyond human limitation, like, like aging and communicating to the degree that we can. And much more is in the often as everything's perfected. So then it leads to the next layer and the next layer. Um, we're going to make ourselves into automatons. We're going to become merged with AI. And maybe we take the reverse of bicentennial man. Bicentennial man. Who knows? And so I would say the transhumanism. Mm-hmm. Uh, takes our capacity to be human and it will find a way to take away our biological constraints in order to create an ideologue version of what life should be all while escaping the journey of learning what life is supposed to be about. So to me, transhumanism, if, if, if being a human is about being on a lifelong journey to understand what is this experience, some of us, we get to live long lives and take that journey for a long period of time. Some of us never come close to figuring that out or we're extinguished way too soon. Mm-hmm. Transhumanism says the hell with figuring out why we're supposed to be here. Let's hack the experience and make the experience about whatever you want it to be welcome to um the terminator (laughs) Mm -hmm. welcome to total recall i think there's been lots of movies throughout the 80s and 90s that accurately have predicted where we're going they're prescient i I know they really are you know i i know that there will be a large group of people right now they go oh come on greg this Mm -hmm. is amazing like look what we're doing for technology quit being a begrudging (laughs) individual you know, you're getting old in your age here, everything, you know, it's about progress. You conspiracy theorist, you, Greg. You conspiracy theorist. Oh my God. How dare you cite science and brain waves? And then you bring philosophy into it. Oh, and what philosophy. are you all about? What you know are you what, doing? You know what I have not brought into it? What that? Religion. Mm, that's the I, next step. I purposely stayed away from religion in this conversation because I felt that if I were to address religion in any way, shape or form, then immediately what people would hear in our conversation this evening is not a conversation about transhumanism, but about two religious nuts that want to not lose their control of religious dialogue. Neither you or I have gone to religion at all. And I gotta be honest, I'm I'm not really expecting to go there because I, I will say this is the only spot where I will go to it. If you're religious, expect right now for people to start asking the question is this the mark of the beast is this the start of what we heard in the bible as far as people getting a device implanted underneath the skin all this time everybody thought you were marked with a number yeah you're probably marked with a serial number of Neuralink or something <laughs> like it in the future um yeah 
Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe all societies eventually lead down this path eventually. Maybe all these ancient societies and the Quran and the Bible, they're all writing the same story of we eventually merge with another AI and we transcend into the next phase of humanity before destroying ourselves. It's not what we're here for. I know. It's not at all what we're here for. And I, I can't help but think that <clears throat> there's so much more to the universe, our galaxy, even this world that simply not known in the general populations because we choose not to see or we choose not to learn or we're not ready for it yet. Mm-hmm. As we all know, there are higher powers beyond our understanding that intercede. And I'm going to tell you, this is prime for intercession. If this gets off the ground and if things really start going this way, we're not going to have plastic surgeries. We're going to have people you know, walking around like the Borg. Um, we're going to have people being, yes, it can be a blessing to help people come back from traumatic injuries and that sort of thing. But how long do you really think it's going to stay that humanistic, uh, that, that helpful for humanity without the other side coming into play? Because in this world of balance, for every good, there's an evil. Um, what are I some, don't think it's going to be good. What are some other things that when it was first created, people touted, this is going to be great for society, that later on were like, mm, mm. probably is not that good for society. Can you think of anything? As I, I, just, I, I'm asking the question, not having an answer for the question. I, I'm posing that question to you to see if you can, what's something that we're like, you know what? That's going to be great for humanity and people are afraid of it and it just stayed good for humanity versus things that all of a sudden, oh no, people hijack that for their own good cause. I have a couple ideas, but I'm, I'm curious what, what you might go with. I'm struggling to think of one. I know that they exist. I'm just trying to find an example. Um, I, I would go with the information age of the internet. Oh, well, there, yeah. You know, it, it gives <laughs> the ability for the world to open up with much more information. Mm-hmm. But the negative is it opened up a world of black markets and illegal transactions and human trafficking and the dark web. Yeah. And the dark web. Um, and now it opens up misinformation. It opens up everybody having a platform to spread whatever they want to spread. It's misinformation and, and disinformation, disinformation. Exactly. Yep. Is this misinformation, disinformation, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you say this, I say that. Whatever. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a song actually by a friend, uh, Andy fight. He was on the show a couple years ago and he had a song. It was, it was phenomenal. You know, Andy, I know of him. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's an excellent jazz guitarist and uh, Mm a great philosopher. I really enjoyed my conversation with him. Um, So I was speaking with a good friend of mine. Who's a a shaman Mm -hmm. uh, over the weekend, uh, David Darling. Mm -hmm. I've known David all the way back since college. And it was good to connect. We hadn't spoken in years since college. Uh, but he had listened to a show that I did with Gene Atman about clearing energy and uh, phenomenal uh, show listeners go back, listen to it. If you like Laurie, uh, you'll love uh, listening to Gene as well. And I'm going to bring David onto the show in a couple of weeks as well uh, to talk a little bit about more of the unseen world. He, he's gone and taken the Ayahuasca 
and gone on many different journeys with that, um, using magic mushrooms uh, in order to heal and just a completely different version of talking about energy. And I enjoyed the conversation, but he challenged me on something. I said, you know, David, I, I'm struggling with my podcast to balance the want to talk about politics in a common sense tone to call out both the Republican and Democrat sides of their hypocrisy and yet meet with love in the middle of how do we have dialogue. And along the way, I found myself interviewing more and more people talking about energy, talking about the cosmos and talking about these things that most people are telling me, why are you bringing on fringe elements to your show? We're not and so I, fringe anymore. They're not. And I think here's what's happening. And David really, he, he, he put this out in a lovely way for me. He said, you know, I think that's where the show's going then. I think what you're finding is they're one in the same, that the energy work is part of the problem we're having the political problems in this world because everybody views themselves as an individual. Yeah. And once you realize that you're not an individual, but you're a collective whole with the earth, then your worldview starts to shift and you start looking at politics in a different way. And so here's a shaman who's not removed himself from politics, but he's looking at it from a collectivist standpoint and not like a socialist collectivist. I want to make that very clear, but uh, I need to understand and love my neighbor because by loving my neighbor, I'm loving myself. Absolutely. And it was a brilliant conversation. I can't wait to bring him on. Matter of fact, after I bring him on, Laurie, we're going to bring him on you and I um, and Ooh, have a conversation as well. I think we're, we're going to have a good time with it because I told him, I said, we're going to have multiple shows on this. Um, tell me more about the collectivism of consciousness. And because of this ties to transhumanism as well. What is right. our collectivism that people are ignoring right now? You call it collectivism. It's, it's very simple. We, we are a part of the whole. If you slight me, you slight yourself. If you steal from me, you're basically stealing from yourself. This is the whole part of it. I am no different from you. You are no different from me. We all have our paths to take. But as you all know, all paths lead to the same destination eventually. So mm -hmm. um, we are all from the whole. And then we go through our lifetimes, and we have to re-imagine that whole all over again. And it, it's, it's an awareness that comes. If you're, if you're led in that direction, or if you're interested in that direction, follow it, because the, the biggest part of the whole, this has been from the Buddha, from all the major sages, uh, prophets, everybody, all of them were cognizant of the whole. So this collectivism, it's not like we're all, you know, all with, of one brain and all of one pattern. There are multiple patterns. And our job is to see the patterns within and find out how they help or don't help in our journey to rise in a spiral. Our, our whole idea is to keep going up, 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 up in our own understanding, in our own learning. We're here to learn and take that back with us every time we leave and go back looking for it every time we come back into this life. It's interesting. He said, Earth is a school. And I said, oh, Laurie Elizabeth says that on my show all the time. Yep. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're, we're talking the same language, I believe, between David and yourself. Yeah. Um, 
is Neuralink cheating in that school? Is artificial what? intelligence cheating in that school? Would it surprise you if I said that everything has consciousness? No, because I've talked on my show already that AI is consciousness and we're just not acknowledging it. I've actually, Chris Michaels and I have talked about, and people I think treat us as if we have three heads on our shoulders, if they're not you and I, uh, but we- Welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah, we've discussed the fact that we're pretty sure that the obsession with AI is the fact that that's actually aliens, um, that that is one in the same. It's a, a sentient alien being and quantum reality uh, tosses us down into that world. So AI is actually us communicating in the future with another dimension of, a, of an alien consciousness. I wonder if it's not more simple than that. I, not that I know, um, but... I don't know either. <laughs> I wonder if it's more simple than that, in that anything that exists on the Earth plane has consciousness. Yes, I know. It's tough to imagine that mm -hmm. you're glass of water has consciousness your car has consciousness but let's just assume that it can happen there's an evolutionary process well nothing stays the same everything changes in this life as part of the schoolroom it's part of the lessons not every question on every test can be the same you won't learn right. so taking that as it is if you if you look at it properly you create an artificial intelligence. Think Commander Data on Star Trek. He had a neural network. So to improve what we currently know as AI, it would have to be expanded in its first in its in its own shell, okay? And then if you create a neural network that expands it throughout the artificial body that you put it into or human at this point, we don't know. Um, then what happens? Well, how best to communicate from one such as that to others who may be coming online, coming on board. <laughs> um, you create a network of that neural network in you connects to a greater network and that's how we all become automatons and if you hack that or if you have a poorly centered individual or individuals controlling that mm. there there you go okay so mm -hmm. that's that's a dystopian point of view but it becomes a whole in and of itself not the one we wanted not the one we came into but a right. different one have you ever watched the movie um, what the bleep do we know about anything? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to play a scene real quick. I just pulled it up. Sure. Go ahead. Because when you said, you know, even the water bottle has consciousness, um, these are tests that have been done in a lab. This movie, uh, really shines a light on this doctor's work over in, uh, Japan. Um, it, it, it just got to play this for people. You, you got to hear this. I'm not sure if I'm at the exact right spot, but I think I'm close enough.
I'm not hearing anything, Greg. So for those that are listening to the audio, I'm showing images up on the screen from this movie, What the Bleep Do We Know About Anything? And the information that he's talking about, the being put onto the water is, they would say things like, I love you. And the water would crystallize in a perfect form. And when I say perfect form, I mean like what you would expect a beautiful snowflake to look like. When they showed distilled water with no information, it was like a hexagon with no beauty to it, no odd shapes, no patterns. It was blah. And then there's a section which we didn't get to because I don't know if it plays it. But then they started saying hateful words to it. And the crystallizations all became distorted. And so the theory of the scientists that did the years of research on this, taking photos under a microscope, was that water carries information and carries a memory with it as well. That water was a living being that could heal us and change us from the outside over to our inside and that we should be mindful of that. And so when you said everything has a consciousness, I immediately thought about that movie in my studies when I was studying pastoral care and counseling. That movie came up in the studies of uh, our intent, our prayers, uh, whatever you may want to call how you connect your manifestation. Uh, we talked about his studies and that there was a memory given to all beings around us, including water and life. Uh, that is a beautiful thing to be mindful of that most people are completely ignorant towards. Yeah, it's true. I mean, <laughs> you went from a lovely film. I'm going to give another example. Um, the movie Poltergeist. Okay. The first one. Okay. Yep. The Indian oh, gets yep. at the end of the movie. Get the rest of the stuff. Just go to the end of the movie. And he's there talking to Craig Nelson. Um, and he's talking about his car that is just spewing, you know, smoke and not doing well at all. And the Indian comes up and, and the, the, he says, he wants the car. 
Um, and he says, well, you should, you can have it because it's not doing me any good. And he says, that's because it knows you don't like it. Mm -hmm. And he treats it with consciousness. He, he knows that it has some level of knowing what's going on, who likes it, who doesn't. And it's been so abused throughout the film, the Indian takes it away and it does him well. <laughs> it doesn't get rid of it. I was looking for the clip just now, but I couldn't find it. I was going to play it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's a great little scene, but it's an yeah. old movie. Um, but it, same, same thing, same idea. And what are we doing now with, with things like refrigerators and cars? There's so many computer chips in them. Yeah. There's um, AI is going into them now, too. Sony at uh -huh. uh, E3 uh, uh, just recently, or not not E3, the, um, I just I did a show on CES, Consumer Entertainment Show. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Uh, at the CES, they were talking about putting AI into every single car, into your refrigerators, your, your stoves, and that way you could have a they smart- They are refrigerators. Oh, I know they already are, but they're talking about every refrigerator. You will not be able to buy one without it having AI be a part of it. You Don't will not you be like able to purchase a car without that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you don't have a choice, right? Because we'll just take them off the market and screw you. Yep. Unless you know how to fix what you can find in, in junkyard someplace. Well, you can't even buy the right Aura Freon anymore because they took that out. Now it's a propane Freon. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it, it, we allow what we don't pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And what this show is all about is paying attention because if you think that these news stories are just, oh, well, that's interesting, and it goes away, and it's not going to stay on top of your mind anymore, it will be there eventually, because if we don't stop it, if we don't consider the consequences, if we don't look at what's happening and understand that there's so much more at work here, then we will just be lambs to a slaughter in every single technology that comes down the pike, and nobody's going to care because they will be so enamored of the glitz the media puts on it or the, the marketers say, oh, this is the next sliced bread of the universe, whatever. Right. And, and we will want that because they will make us want that. So yeah. are we giving up our sentience with who we are and what we're doing? by simply reading the stories or watching the TV and saying, oh, that's interesting and turning it off. I think we're giving it up if we don't watch. There are patterns evolving here. And that's the one thing about life is standing back and seeing where the patterns are. And these have been evolving for a while. And I'm not talking a few months. I'm talking right. years. We're, we're, we're calling in the foreshadowing that we've seen throughout by some of the technology that's developed and, and all those wonderful advancements in the name of mankind. But at the end of the day, where there is good, there's not so good. And if you get somebody that is not doing what they do for the sake of mankind and instead is completely glitzed by the technology itself, by the by the possibilities. Mm -hmm. And then you have ego. And they don't want to stop. And they want to keep on going because they're on a roll. So when I say that we need to pay attention, the patterns have been evolving. You can see them clearly if you just stop, look, and listen. They're there.
ultimately, there's two ways of looking at this. And I'm curious which way would you look at this as an end game to kind of put a, a bow on some of this. Mm-hmm. The first part is I would like to tell everybody everything's going to be okay because at the end of the day, this all is going to play out according to plan. There's not much we can do to fight back. So, except everything is speeding up, Greg. Everything is getting faster and faster, but that doesn't mean that we don't that we lose any power in saying yes. yes we'll take this, or no, we won't. Right. We can say no. We can opt out yeah. to the degree of which we can opt out. Absolutely. But then there's another part of me that wants to throw this other concept out. What if these are individuals that understand that Earth is a school? And they want to opt out of being in the school anymore. They want to opt out of the infinite loop of learning the, the old soul. They don't want to get the old souls. They want to stay young souls. They want to continue the party for as long as they possibly can. What if they see this as a way to change the rules of the game? And you have a lab at CERN, and this is conspiracy. I'm going out there, and I'm okay with this. But you have a lab in CERN where we have a Mandela effect where there seems to be little details in this world that are getting changed on a monthly basis, where people mm-hmm. are remembering things as a collective completely different than what it, it was in the past. What if they're tampering with all of this because they know if they don't tamper with it, they're doomed to the same fate that they've been doomed to over and over again, and they're refusing to learn their lessons. So they're like, you know what? It's going to be according to our rules now. And transhumanism could be about getting out of that loop. First of all, let me correct you. There's no such thing as a young soul. Okay. Every soul has been around since the Big Bang brought us into being. We are all sparks of the creator that created us. But there are, we look at young souls, maybe it's their first time on the earth plane. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's their first time here. And they get a little you know, big for their britches and they have a good time and can wreak some havoc or they can bring in learning from other lifetimes in other places like different planets, different galaxies, perhaps even different universes and ultimately different dimensions. Yes, I'm saying that all of that is possible and it's, it's, it's for reals in ways that we can't explain to the masses easily yet. But at the same time, I don't like the fact that, yes, it's entirely possible, the scenario that you've just put out about taking the wrong path with great deliberation. Yeah, that's, that can absolutely happen, which is what's got me kind of shaken in the boots here. Mm. Um, and I just want to go back out there and say, the reason I brought up Atlantis in the first place is because it was a society that in all the esoteric texts about it was destroyed deliberately. It was brought to its end because they weren't listening. They did not stop what they were doing. They were using crystal crystalline technologies that were so powerful and so beyond what they should have been doing at the time. And they just never stopped. All they did was kept going and going and they ultimately destroyed themselves with the power that they wielded. Can it happen again? <laughs> I won't say this as though I'm being cocky, but there was a flood 
and it has been constantly talked about um, in multiple cultures, mm-hmm. not just Christian cultures or you know the Noah story that we're all aware of. It's in multiple, multiple cultures, the same blood. So, yeah, it can happen again. If, you, if you're not on the right path, this is like Edge of Tomorrow. You know, we'll just put a gun to my head and I'll come back again and we'll do it all Good again. Movie. That's a great yeah, movie. Excellent movie. Yeah. And it gives you a lot to think about. Yeah. And so you start all over again and you, you get to that point and it's like, okay, you have another decision. Oh, crap. Missed it. Boom. Start again. Well, in a way, that's reincarnation. And souls don't die. We go other places. We learn every place we go. And we keep bringing that back. But it's still, if you want to come on to the most dense plane in the universe, and you want to learn quickly, then people people on the other side applaud the spirit the the soul that comes in here to this earth plane voluntarily and gets caught in the web of karma because it's so dense it takes a long time to manifest a thought into an actual and there's so many different ways to being disrupted along the way you might not ever get there so we're seen as heroes for coming into this plane in the first place because everywhere else think it and it's there it's done and in many ways i think that's the saving grace for those cultures for those other places wherever that existence can be because here it doesn't act quickly and we may not have time to change the course that's what scares me i'm going to ask you a couple questions here laurie mm-hmm. when i have individuals that will hear conversations like this and they're uncomfortable with it or they dismiss it. What is your why? Why do you seek insights into the unknown? Why do you want to have on your show, your podcast? Why is it you want to expose people to this? And then how would you explain to somebody who goes, yeah, yeah, mumbo jumbo. Let's get back to the things that really matter. Uh, there's, you know, Iran attacked, you know, and killed three soldiers. Why are we talking about all this other stuff? Mm-hmm. What is your why? I've always known since childhood that there is something more a lot more going on behind the scenes. There's, I'm never alone. I just know that there's so much more that I want to find out what all of it is. I also know that gifts like precognition, um, anything from clairvoyance to all the clairs, the clairvoyant, clairaudient, all that stuff, Um, mediumship, channeling, talking to people that are disincarnate by people who are incarnate. Um, All of that is natural. (laughs) And I hate to say it, so that's kind of like, duh, but we're born with those capabilities, every one of us. We chose to put them to sleep because 
it's not, it wasn't serving the purpose at the time, but it is time now to bring them forward. And that's why it's all coming to a head and you're hearing more about this and you're hearing more legitimate astrology, not, you know, open up the newspaper and read your, you know, your, your sign. Legitimate astrology. So people are becoming aware that there's a lot more to that that goes on that makes it legitimate. It's a natural progression of things. Would it surprise you, for example, Greg, that I told you that all these great minds, these scientists of old, all the way up through our founding fathers, were all astrologers? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> Good, because they were. Yeah. Sir Isaac Newton was yeah, an astrologer. Was. Ben Franklin was an astrologer. They all sought the wisdom of the skies. I don't believe God put us here on this earth without a guidebook. We're a better place to write it where we can't get our hands on it. Right. So, boom. Um, and then, speaking of patterns, you have the ancients who have nothing better to do than stare at the night sky, and they begin to see patterns. And then they relate the patterns to what they see as a cause and effect. So if it's in the heavens, how are people reacting? Or are people reacting as a, you know, is, is it reflection or is it guided? I don't know. That's how they would sit down and study. And they would see that it changed. And not only did it change throughout the course of 365 days a year, but it also changed over centuries. And all that documentation since the time of Babylon has been recorded. Um, and yet we poo-poo this. Something that's 5,000 years old and it's still here? Really? You would say that doesn't exist? That's, that's junk? I beg to differ. I think there's a huge kernel of truth there. Right. So it lasts that long. Yeah. How did it last that long? Feng Shui. There's another one. Yeah. The entire area of Hong Kong is built on the principles of Feng Shui. And where is the banking center of Asia? Hong Kong. Hong Kong, yeah. It was deliberate. It was done using the Earth's own fields to do that. And that science is 5,000 years old. When you talk about Seriously? that, are, are, are you getting into ley lines? Is that is that yes. the same thing? Yeah. Part of it. Yeah, That's part, part of it. it. Yeah. But feng shui uses Which goes, those. goes back to Masonics, right? The Masons use ley lines in, in their building. So are we really talking something out of the blue here? No. Mm -mm. We really aren't. We're just bringing back something that we allowed to go to slumber for a while. Mm. And if you read and or watch Gaia TV. Gaia TV came out. It's one of the, the streaming channels. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't seen it, I really recommend it. There's more stuff out there that will bend your mind that's all real. It's all true. It's not all in the realm of possibility. It's more coming out now than ever before. And that's how they're choosing to do it. So why this? Why now? Why me? Because I want people to know that the people who are bringing this forward are real. They're no different from you and me, except that they have opened to their gifts and they understand that what they do is natural and they use it to help others. And that is everyone from um, psychics, mediums, channelers to 
even philosophers and astrologers, and they're all bringing these gifts to bear now for a reason, because this accelerated time is a time of transformation and change. I saw a, uh, an article just earlier today mm-hmm. about the quantum future. Yeah. Apparently, uh, quantum computing at this point in time that's uh, gotten powerful enough, it can predict the future up to 16 different versions of it. The multiverse, uh, using, welcome yeah, to it. Using superposition. So, you know, it can plug in now the upcoming big game in the NFL and find out in these 16 different scenarios, here's the most likely outcome. And then they believe that as quantum computing gets more and more powerful, it will literally be able to see into the future by five minutes and know exactly what will happen within the next five minutes. Based and, on probability. Sure. Correct. And superpositions. So again, using popular culture and isn't it amazing how pop culture is reflecting all of this stuff now? Too? Yes, it is. <laughs> Dr. Strange in the multiverse. Um, if you watched Ant-Man. Yes. Okay. Uh, the second one. Uh, yeah. Was that the second one was quantum? I thought the third one was quantum. Oh, the third one. The third yeah, one. Yeah, because the second one was uh, where uh, Mary went and Angelina Lily. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. So in this, in the last one that they did, um, there's an incident where you see Scott actually making a decision but not taking the path to that decision. Correct. He does another one. But for everything he came to, for every idea he had, for every chance he wanted to take, a new version of himself would pop out and in the in the eyes of the universe or the multiverse which exists um for every path not taken but thought that path is created and can be traveled and see seen to the end so if you're wondering what happened what happens if i think a thought but don't act on it it exists somewhere and it goes to its fruition. Well, that, so we're on a multiverse path here now, folks. <laughs> I know what yeah. I'm trying to say. <laughs> yep. We're all tied to all this. We're just moving into the science. When you talk about Gaia TV, uh, I often think about people like Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, whole talk all about string theory, what's going on in the cosmos. And mm-hmm. everybody just goes, oh, he's a scientist. This is gospel. Mm-hmm. But yet when but they you, still listen to Carl Sagan and they yeah, still watch contact. Yeah. But yet you go into talking about the conversation that we're having. It's well, what's your guys degrees? How do you know this? Well, what did you read? What did you study to be able to have this conversation? I studied this for over 50 years. Mm-hmm. I have read books. You wouldn't even know the titles of. Um, and then I go and listen and see and talk to people and have my own experiences. Yep. That's what teachers do. They make what they've learned relevant for others. So that's kind of how I get there. Laurie, Sir. As, as always, it's been a pleasure talking to you. This has been awesome. Oh, I love this, Greg. Thank you so much. Yeah. I knew that we were going to have a good time talking about transhumanism, but you know, there's just, I get fed through our conversation. And uh, I, I was saying to somebody that I work with yesterday, uh, I celebrated my birthday and being at work on a birthday over the past 10 years, 
uh, people are like, why didn't you take off your birthday? I'm like, because I try to find what is my connection on my birthday in wherever I meant to be that day. And so I'm at work and I got into this conversation about the, this individual service time in the military. And they start talking about their various different experiences, ways that they were labeled in their life. And we got into this conversation about, you know, when somebody was saying to you that you're an angry person, why are you angry all the time? And you felt hurt by that. What I hear is, why are you actually thinking? <laughs> it's somebody asking you, would you stop having a thought? Because then you're outside my comfort zone. And so we talked about that. We, 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 we moved around that. And I said, thank you. This conversation was a birthday gift to me. And she's like, oh, well, thank you, Mr. Bolden. I, I really enjoy hearing that. I'm like, no, thank you. Like it was. And, and, and when I speak with you, Laurie, it, it's, it's a gift to me. And I hope through intent that it's a gift to listeners as well. And I know for a fact you have fans of my show that are fans of you. Oh. Uh, yeah. Like I, I know right now, James, I know you're a, a Patreon subscriber. And when you realize that you got the full hour and 20 minute long conversation with Laurie versus the network, that's going to get a 40 minute show. This is for people like you that have supported the show in order to get the full version of the conversation that I don't have to cut down on the network. Um, this is the awesome part of what we're building together as a community that it's not just me that feels this way at the end of it. Hopefully you feel the same way. And all the listeners that there's something in this conversation that challenged you, something that hoped you grow, something that you want to learn more about something that you want to question that you're like, I don't agree with because if you're doing all those things, then the job's well done on the show today. And that's what I try to do each time I speak with you, Laurie. I try to challenge myself, grow, learn, and disagree in a way that I'm like, all right, now I'm ready for the next one. So we will get ready for the next one. What, what are you going to be up to? When, when's the next Seekers Insights podcast? Yeah. What are you working on? Because we were working on a dog whisperer that comes talking yeah, to the puppy. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things I want to ask you about because I got her. Uh, okay, got let's make it happen. You. Let's make it happen. So let's get a date. We can, we can, we can do that either for your show or we can blend it together for my show and your I think show. Blend it. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's do a blend. We'll, we'll get my mini doodle, uh, mm -hmm. cursing my wife and I out for whatever ails her and we'll, we'll get to the bottom of it. I'm loving it. That should be fine. Um, yeah, uh, I'll get with you after the program. That'd be fine. That sounds um, awesome. What I'm working on is making a comeback. So apologies to people that go on to my, uh, website right now or my my podcast because i had a rather major accident back in the uh summer and um i had to wait it out as it were as i got it corrected i completely tore apart my rotator cuff on my right shoulder so that was fun um and you look to the heavens and say now what's the lesson but okay fine having barred that and your ankle too by the way greg yeah. um so what was that all about? Okay, well, it's made to make you stop, look, and listen in a lot of ways. And I did, and I went through the process. And um, I'm pleased to say that in five months, I am probably at about 75%. I have full range of motion, but the nice. deep healing is still taking place. So that waylaid me from my podcast for because of intense physical therapy and also couldn't drive, couldn't do anything. It was terrible. Um, 
now I'm coming back and I'm starting to line people up and I will be launching again. I have a new website uh, I'm getting at. I have a little bit more organization to do on it, but it is live and you can find all the episodes there or you can go onto any platform where you get your pods. And that's, that's the best part. That gives you some idea of where I've started. Right. The show is evolving. The podcast is going to work and I'm, I have a deliberate path, but it's, it's fun. And the, the very first uh, thing I did was to put out there, why? And that's, if you want to find out the why of it, listen to that first. Well, there's the website for everybody. It's seekersinsights.com. Mm -hmm. Enter into the world of practitioners of alternative arts and metaphysical science. So you can check out there. You got home about episodes as well as a way to contact Laurie Elizabeth directly. <laughs> Laurie, thanks for coming back to the show. It's much appreciated. Oh, thanks for having me, Greg. I look forward to it. Absolutely. All right, bold Americans. What an absolute pleasuring uh, conversation tonight. I, I really enjoyed I was in such a negative headspace of Neuralink. And then Laurie kind of calmed me to the point where I'm going, ah, who cares about Nora Link? I'm on my own journey and that's okay. And uh, what's going to be is going to be. It doesn't mean that you or I have to opt in in any way, shape or form to what the agenda of Elon Musk and other people may be. And when it does come time to raise the banner, raise the flag, when someone says you're mandated in order to do this, will you be ready to stand up for what you know is right? I think you already know whether or not you're willing to do that based upon just the past several years, maybe how you felt coming out of all that. I hope that I honored your time well with Laurie Elizabeth tonight. I hope that you've enjoyed today's show. As always, make sure that you leave some comments. Let us know what you would like to hear next from both of us. We're happy to, uh, change the conversations in the future according to what you may be liking to explore. Or maybe you'd like to join us for a live conversation where we stream and take your comments live. We can do that one night as well. Hope that you have an absolutely enlightened rest of your day, ladies and gentlemen. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden and my special guest, Laurie Elizabeth. Be bold.